0: MMA Sucker Radio bounces to a different beat.
1: Manson, that is what you're going with today. Yeah, bringing it back a little bit, you know, a little old school Manson. Uh, I haven't heard him in a while. I was thinking of what song I should play, and I was like, going... I was like, oh, what was that? What, were you, what were you going?
2: Oh yeah, well I, I hear that, I think Marilyn Manson. Don't you? Oh yeah, for sure. I think I this thinking, intro we're playing right now. Yeah, yeah. All right. <laughs> not bad, not bad. I was. I was I listened to Marilyn Manson when I was younger, but I always felt bad about it because I was a church-going kid. Oh,
1: were you? Yeah, yeah. Really? Bad, like, long time ago. This was in the 90s. D- did you want to get rid of one of your ribs just like him as well, or what? No, it's, uh, <laughs> but I was.
2: I loved Marilyn Manson. I rocked out to Marilyn Manson, but I was always embarrassed at telling you my friends because they're all church-going friends, too. <laughs> like, dude, I really liked the new, I'm going to go pick up the new Marilyn Manson album. See you at Sunday school. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> If there's anybody. It's just two extremes, eh? Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And
1: you watch South Park as well. Yeah, I love South <laughs> Park.
2: Yeah, I wasn't uh, okay. your typical church kid.
1: No, no. But you did it. Yeah, nonetheless. Well, nonetheless. Just okay, like was, we're doing this up, show. I
2: grew up in Saskatchewan, right? The, the Bible Belt, pretty much. Right. Well, yeah. In Ca- Canada, I would say the prairies. Yeah. Pretty much the for Bible sure. Belt. Yeah. So it was. It was just a way of life. It's the thing we did.
1: But, well, that and um, Chilliwack,
2: but. Yeah, Joker Abbotsford, yeah, <laughs> out here.
1: Uh, man, pretty good show. Uh, Ray is coming on. Yeah, he's going to chat about World Series of Fighting 3. Goes down June 14th uh, yep. in Las Vegas. Should be a pretty good card. Some was coming out today, though. About- yeah, they signed Nick Newell, um, who was formerly with the XFC lightweight champion. Um, he-, he got
2: the belt stripped from him?
1: Yeah, he got it stripped from him because, I guess... Uh, they were saying that the organization was saying that he refused to fight um, this guy named Scott Holtzman and uh, I guess he, he didn't turn it down because he was scared of the guy or anything like that which people were making it out to be but uh, he just didn't feel like that fight was right for him at the time he figured he was a bigger star than Holtzman is and why put this guy into the light And so he he was released from the organization and uh, World Service of Fight and picked him up <coughs> Probably onto bigger and better things. Hopefully, yeah, yeah. he's a fantastic fighter. Yeah, I mean, good guy. Uh, born with a birth defect, he only yeah. has um, half of one of his arms. Well, it cuts off at his forearm, I guess, and uh, was able to get eight wins by stoppage out of his nine victories. So he's nine and zero right now. Yeah, crazy. Yeah. Crazy. So uh, I can't even imagine fighting with two arms. So yeah, so we'll talk to Ray. Sefo. <laughs> <laughs> we'll talk to
2: Ray Sefo about uh, about that signing as well as you know they're on to their third show now and um, you know we'll ask him sort of has he got the kinks out of uh, out of everything and you know how are, you know they got a little bit of momentum. I mean they got some some solid guys. I mean, but it seems
1: like they're developing some talent. They're going out there and, and getting some young guys. So and.
2: Great. Yeah.
1: I still I, I want to know if he's gonna actually fight for the organization or not yeah because we asked him that before he said that was the plan that that he might do that and and it'd be interesting to see Ray back in the cage yeah for sure and uh, you know uh
2: we'll talk to him it was all oh, we're you're looking at me here but you're texting are we trying we're trying to effort uh, John Pollock for tonight right yeah he he law radio MMA report on TSN 1050
1: so for the fight network he's a the host there. We'd like to have him on. Yeah. Um, we're going to try and, as you said, we're effort efforting. him. Effort we're him. And, uh, effort him. If we don't have efforting. him, then uh, it's we just you s- and I and Ray. a
2: date. And Ray Sappho. Oh, a date, eh? Jeremy <laughs> and Trevor. And Ray Sappo. It would be like a little sitcom. like Three guys live in a house. Ray sits in between us. <laughs> yeah, Ray's always <laughs> in between us. <laughs> he's our protector. Anyway, wow, that's went off the rails, didn't it? Yes. Um, awesome. Let's get to uh, let's get to talking fights, I guess. Eh. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Looking at you. What do to do next? What, yeah. What should we do
1: next, Jeremy?
2: Well, um, this past weekend there was a pretty big well, fight wanna, card. Yeah, I want to talk UFC One Hundred and Sixty. Heck sure. yeah, absolutely. Last weekend, uh, fun card. It was actually uh, quite interesting.
1: Yeah, many people were coming into it. You know, UFC One Hundred and Sixty main event, Cain Velasquez, Antonio Silva, big deal, right? most under, underwhelming main event in, yeah. in like almost UFC history, I'd say. No one was very excited about it. Um, but this card overall set up bigger pictures than most cards the UFC has. We got to find out who the next lightweight contender is. Mm-hmm. We got to find out Who's fighting in the heavyweight division for the title next? I mean, mm-hmm. some big things came out of well, it. Donald you know, Cerrone looked really good. Let's
2: well, let's start. Where do you want to begin? Uh, any Max Holloway, who was on our show, I want to start with this. Who uh, was on our show last week? Yep. Um, you know, and he looked great against Dennis It's Kind of, I think he ran out of ga- a little bit of gas in the third there a little bit. Um, he just didn't
1: have a very good third round. But I, I had him winning. That's as fight. did most of the Twitterverse. Yes. Everyone thought, you know. Uh, Max Holloway stole the split decision. Uh, Most people had it a unanimous decision, but they said, you know, with the way judges go these days, it'll probably end up being split. But no one that I saw scoring online had it in favor of Dennis Bermudez. No, not at
2: all. No, I, I definitely had Max Holloway winning the first two rounds. Yeah. For sure. Now, whether he was playing it safe in the third, maybe he maybe he was playing a little bit safe, maybe a little more tentative. But, I mean, give full credit to Dennis Bermudez. Really turned it on in the third round. And, you know, I think at the end of the second round, he had a bit of a uh, – uh, he was he had uh, – I believe he had um, Grant – or, sorry, Grant. He had uh, Holloway down. He yeah. had a takedown at the end of that second round, which, you know, I think the judges saw that. And kind of scored probably that round um, to Bermudez because of yeah, that takedown exactly, at the end. Yeah, And because of the way he dominated in the third round. Yeah. So I think, you know, that's probably there what the ways judges were seeing, for exactly. sure. And you got to remember, we're seeing it, you know, on television. They're seeing it, you know, live. It's, you know, we've got, uh, you know, a lot of different... Well, I guess now the judges there, they have, they actually get to sit and they see all the different angles, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I guess it's, it's tough to be a judge, but uh, anyways, I think they
1: got that one wrong. Anything else on the card? Um, well, let's drop down a few oh, to okay. the catchweight bout where uh, I'm not even going to try to pronounce his name. I, I can say it, but I don't want to. Khabib Nurmagomedov. Nurmagomedov. Uh, yes, yeah, so he fought Abel Trujillo, yeah. and that fight, was, <laughs> that fight was awesome. The amount of throws and takedowns and suplexes in that fight, I think, must have been... Yeah, it, it was definitely in the record books. I think he landed something like twenty-one takedowns.
2: Abel, though, I mean, he held his own in the first round in a bit. I mean, he, you know, he didn't look completely overmatched. But then as the fight went on, absolutely. I mean, yeah, he couldn't stop he, a takedown and save his life no. against a sambo champion. Exactly yeah. right. Um, so um, yeah, it would, be, it would be interesting to see where what happens with Nurmagomedov.
1: Yeah. Wow, you're usually not one that can say names. I, guess, I like saying it though
2: now. <laughs> Nurmagomedov.
1: Also on the prelim Nerm. card, Mike Pyle Rick Story. That decision was uh, it was an iffy one as well. I thought. Yeah, yeah, I definitely i i had story winning that fight. What about you? Yeah, I did too. Yeah, I, I thought he. I thought he. But not handedly. I saw it could have been a split decision as well, but I thought Story did more in the fight then. But he took that him down and said, did nothing.
2: That's what I was just going to say. I, I wonder if the judges maybe got this one right a little bit because maybe they scored, um, well, definitely I would think that they would, but um, scored Mike Pyle's submission attempts from his back.
1: Yeah. Well, because
2: Story, he got the takedown, but like you said, he just laid in the guard. I mean, there was time, I believe it was in the second round, and... Uh, Dan Margotti was reffing I believe right No, Steve no so it was Dav, Steve Mazzagotti was reffing and I remember yelling like come on Mazzagotti, stand them up because they were exactly. stalled there for a long period of time it was like
1: I was like a minute minute it, and a half. It, yeah it, and you speaking about that we have a a column up after fight day on on the monday on MMASucker.com called three questions and one of the questions was when should the referee stand the fighters up because yeah. and I specifically mentioned this fight because at the end of the second round they sort of just rode it into the bell, and I mean, it was a good minute and a half where he was just sitting in his guard, guard doing nothing. So when does the referee stand a fight up?
2: Yeah, I mean, um, some referees just got a good feel for it. Yeah, they just got a good feel. They can see the stall. Okay, let's get this fight going again. Because a lot of times, that's what happens. Well, we saw it in that fight. You know, story stalled when he, he couldn't do anything, and Mike Powell was doing more on his back. And I think maybe the referees edged it out just based on that which you know isn't a terrible thing as long as that if that's the way it's going to be which you know in some ways i can understand that logic then it has to be consistent that has to be consistent across the board yeah there has
1: to be a written rule because we don't normally see that no exactly that's
2: not a normal thing right um a lot of judges look at the takedown they see the guy on top that's how they
1: score it you know anyway um don Cerrone, kj noon's Great fight for Cerrone. Mm. Absolutely picked uh, KJ Nunes apart. Yeah, and Nunes just
2: didn't look good no, at all. He, he, he Donald bounced back. He looked uninterested.
1: Um, yeah, he did. He yeah. he threw a few punches. He didn't look like he wanted to be in the cage at all. I don't know whether that was, you know, maybe an adrenaline dump or something. It maybe first that's the way time, he always looks, First though. time in the octagon. Usually he, I mean, we saw his fights with Josh Thompson where he likes to take a few punches before he throws them. He, he usually tends to get bloody, so... Donald Cerrone didn't let him get anything though.
2: Yeah, yeah. So Donald Cerrone picks up the decision in that fight. Uh, interesting now, where you know he they place him uh, in the lightweight division because you know he is coming. Uh, he does have a loss against Nate Diaz. Yeah, and um, and didn't look very good in that fight, but looked against you know looked pretty good against KJ Nunes. But I don't know if that's a good measurement of where Donald Cerrone is right now. No, he's still his com- a on top his comeback trail. fighter. Oh, for sure. For sure. So, it's good to see Cerrone back in the wind column, Love. Absolutely. Another um, fight on the card, Gray Maynard, TJ Grant. This is great for Canada because uh, TJ Grant uh, picked up a
1: win in what was a, a dominant performance. Two oh, yeah. minutes well, he, and seven seconds. Exactly, yeah. He weathered the early storm. Weathered gray landed, a little bit. Gray landed a few good punches. I mean, you can't say... Um, that he weathered and er- it was a literally an early storm because this fight ended early. Yeah, and uh, so TJ took a few shots and then landed a beautiful combo that that dropped Gray Maynard. Followed up with some ground and pound. Yeah, uh, we had a chance to talk to TJ Grant today on on Tuesday, and uh, well, actually Justin Perot had a chance to chat with him about. Yesterday, Benson Henderson said he was surprised that TJ Grant... Obviously, I think you were as well. You chose Gray Maynard in yeah. this fight. Yeah. A lot of people chose Gray in this fight. And, yeah. and Benson Henderson was one of those guys. Actually, mentally in his head, Benson Henderson was preparing for Gray Maynard. Yeah. So when TJ steps in, you know, this guy wants the world to know who he is. Yo,
2: and he did. And kudos to TJ Grant. I wasn't take My heart was going with TJ Grant. My head was going with Gray Maynard. I just... Like you know, a lot of people had T J, like you said, as the underdog and he comes comes in and just shocks everybody and he's getting his title shot. The UFC is doing it. They're giving him the title shot and I've heard that there's talk that it could be in August. So uh we could be doing that in Boston in yeah. August. Well yeah, he For the sport for the Fox, Fox sports, sports One
1: card. They're yeah, talking. They're, they're the talking official. No, yeah. Dana White's talking that also there's a possibility that you know, obviously. TJ Grant was asked this question today, we asked him this, and uh whether he could choose that or maybe UFC one sixty five. Um, one sixty five in Toronto would be his first uh choice. Oh, for sure. I think actually that that would be awesome. To yeah. have a fight in Canada.
2: Why not have that fight in Canada? I mean Benson Henderson, um You know, he's fought in Seattle, and, I mean, he's fought in the States. Bring him up to Canada. I think that's a good fight, and Canada deserves a
1: title fight. And I know it's Toronto, because the thing is, though, Toronto might not get George St. Pierre. No, exactly, and I think this makes sense, because Benson Henderson's now fought on two straight Fox cards, the regular Fox Mm -hmm. cards, and why not put the guy on pay-per-view again? Mm -hmm. If he gets put on another free TV show card, I mean, what's that really do for your self-esteem? You know, (laughs) know, and... (laughs) um, yeah, and and
2: why not? Can, I, I say Toronto because it's a perfect fit. There's talk that George St. Pierre... A lot of people in Toronto are hoping St. Pierre fights there. Who doesn't in Canada yeah, want well, George St. Pierre on I their card? I think they're talking now St. Pierre is probably going to fight Johnny Hendricks in Vegas or some other market. I think that would be the best thing to I do. I think it's time to move him outside of Canada, yeah. man. Absolutely. So, hey, we're going to talk more about this card uh, with John Pollock, who's joining us now. And if you don't know who John Pollock is, come on, folks. Give your head a shake is the host of Law Live Audio Wrestling Radio, the MMA report on TSN, and also you can find him on the Fight Network. Welcome back, Mr. John Pollock. John, uh, are you a, a Marilyn Manson fan? Uh, you know,
3: I, I, I think like everyone, I went through a, a, a <laughs> semi-Marilyn Manson phase, like 96, 97, but yep. never to the point that uh, it was going to influence my clothing, which yeah. I found a lot of people around me, it, it did, and I just I never understood that phenomenon. <laughs>
2: No kidding, man. No kidding. What do you listen to, by the way? Like what are you into? You're Um I'm I'm all over the place. I mean, I, I was one of those guys that definitely
3: dug the uh the kind of mid nineties Euro dance vibe. I, I I've always been a fan of that kind of music as well. I find that uh that style of music has always kinda of been my favorite and of late I mean, I find, I find, I don't know if you guys are the same, but I find that I, I drive a whole lot less now, That whenever I'm listening to my iPod now, it's pretty much all podcasts. Yeah. Like, I listen to so little music now that it's like, podcasts to me have really replaced music. I feel like I'm kind of, I think a lot of people my age now, it's kind of like the, uh, a few steps removed from the music scene.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I, I'm the same as you. I like, I like listening to just like, whether it be podcasts or talk radio. And it's not yeah. even MMA-related stuff for me. I, I try to turn my brain off sometimes, and, and I'll start listening to politics or, you know, news. You know, Joe Rogan's podcast is pretty good, too, you know, stuff like that.
3: It's kind of whatever you're in the mood for. Like, I'll yeah. find, like, late at night, it's like you're you're driving home or something. It's like, yeah, you popped in, like, Rogan with Joe Diaz, and that's going to keep me alert on the road. And then it's like, then you wake up in the morning and it's like, I want some newsy stuff. So it's kind of, uh, it can go with like your your general mood and where you are during the day.
2: Well, I got to ask you, where were you for uh, UFC 160? Were you just chilling at home? No, um, because uh, for for most of the pay-per-views now,
3: we do post shows on on CFN radio. So we were just at the station uh, watching the fights pretty much. So it can be, uh, depending on the card, it can be a a lengthy evening when you figure in, you know, from the opening Facebook fight through the main event. I mean, you're looking at about uh, seven hours there, and then we uh, pop on for about an hour to chat about the fights.
2: Well, speaking of the fights, Jeremy and I were just talking about TJ Grant, obviously, and and his fight with Gray Maynard, and how a lot of people, including Benson Henderson, was surprised that uh, TJ won. Uh, Were you as well?
3: I I wasn't. Like, I had actually picked Grant going into this fight, and it just seemed to me that there there were a lot of questions surrounding Gray Maynard, because I, I really kind of throw that Clay Guida fight out. I was there live for that fight. It just was such a bizarre fight. That I mean, you throw in the fact that you know this guy has gone through a lot of camp changes, moving over to AKA at this point. We hadn't seen him in close to a year since the Guida fight, and, and TJ Grant. He's one of those just really tough lightweights. He's a very big lightweight, first of all. That I thought, um, just if he could get his striking going, he would certainly be the underdog going into the fight. But um, when you you look at kind of the underdogs, there was certainly a number here on this show that could come through, and he seemed to be one that. Um, I had a bit more confidence in that than the others, so yeah, it didn't stun me at all, and I think that performance, I think, is probably given a lot of people some interest now in the Spencer Henderson-T.J. Grant fight, whereas a week ago, I, I don't know if people were really down to see Gray Maynard challenging him again, and I don't think a, you know T.J. Grant's profile was really that high, so I think that this kind of performance really did solidify him getting that title shot.
2: Yeah, absolutely. And I know the Dana White had said that they want that fight possibly for Boston in August, but uh T J Grant uh, was just on MMA sucker and uh he says that he would uh, he wouldn't mind it being in Toronto in September.
3: I I think that would make a lot of sense because yeah. he you have to look at a number of factors here. The first being, you know, TJ Grant to the average fan. I mean, not a whole lot of people are aware of TJ Grant, but just being the Canadian challenging for the title in Canada, no less, I mean, that is going to generate, I think, a lot of stories, a lot of media, you know, are going to get behind that kind of a story. And with Benson Anderson, um, I think it's really interesting now that he's been on Fox twice now, has fought in front of those those millions of eyeballs now, and hopefully can now take some of those people and turn them into pay-per-view buyers. So I think you load that with a with a solid co-feature, I, I think it makes a lot of sense to put that one in Toronto.
2: Yeah, and, and there's talk right now that uh, the idea of George St. Pierre in Toronto is probably not going to happen. Are you hearing the same thing?
3: Yeah, it seems that... You know after the George Saint Pierre and Nick Diaz i Dana was talking to us afterwards and and was pretty much indicating the fact that you know they really want to get St Pierre back to Las Vegas for a card and that that seems to make sense I mean he is a huge, huge draw in Montreal, and if you're going to take him out of there, um you want to make it work your while, and I guess putting him in Las Vegas where you know they, they you know you do a lot of casino buys and putting George Saint Pierre there in a market that he hasn't been to in quite some time. Um I that seems to be the way they're leaning towards with that fight. But, but who knows where St. Pierre and Hendricks end up. I mean, there's just so many cards coming up now and yeah. every one of them needs a
2: Yeah, absolutely, man. Um also on the card we had Glover Teixeira defeating uh James Tahuna, submission guillotine choke. Um this guy is just for real. Um we've known that for a while though, but I think a lot of people are starting to recognize um what did you like about this quickly, and and were you surprised? I wasn't. Uh, I think Teixeira is, is he's either a fight away from a title shot, in my opinion. Yeah, I
3: think he's really in that mix right now. And mm-hmm. it's funny that now you know the light heavyweight division. I mean, it's tough when you have a champion that is just so dominant, and you're trying to create challenges for him. But we're at least getting a couple of guys now coming up in the mix between Gustafson.
1: Yeah. Um, I know that
3: Gabe was soft, he's injured right now, but he's a new name in the two hundred five mix. And, and now with Glover Teixeira. Um, I would really like to see him paired with, with somebody you know, that he should be You know, one fight away from getting that title shot. And yeah. if you go with Jones Gustafson, uh, I could see maybe the winner of Evans and Dan Henderson being at least a name to pair with Glover Teixeira, but um, he, he's right at that level right now. I would have really liked to see him and Musashi, but it just doesn't look like that's going to happen with Musashi's knee
2: injury. Yeah, with the injury, absolutely. And then uh, in the co event, Junior DeSanto, smart Hunt, um, a lot of people thought saw a lot of value in Mark Hunton as far as the gambling game goes because that was one of those, like you said, uh, you know, guys who weren't expected to win that uh, some people were going to put some money on because you never know. He had a pumper, you know, a, a puncher's chance, right? But um, Junior DeSantos, Santos, I think, uh, started to kind of turn it on as the fight went on, and we saw him sort of take control.
3: Yeah, I mean, uh, many people. This is what they expected. Uh, you know, as much as uh, you can credit my genius for the TJ Grant pick, I was one who put my pick behind Mark Hunt in this fight. Oh, I dude. watched yeah. just a few uh, days before I watched the uh, the second fight with Cain Velasquez and Junior Dos Santos, and I watched where Cain Velasquez just landed this right hand on Dos Santos, and I couldn't get that image out of my head that if Mark Hunt gets inside. Just lands that right hand. I figured he could stop this guy. But, um, you know, you, you match these two guys up together. And I mean, nine times out of ten, Junior Dos Santos is winning that fight and won it on Saturday night. It, it very, very impressively. So, I mean, the natural is to go now with that third fight between Velasquez yeah. and Dos Santos. But I think, you know, for Mark Hunt, I mean, almost the moral victory that this guy lasted to the third round uh, in, in the fashion he did before just that uh, a knockout of the year candidate stoppage. So yeah. I, I think that, you know, my it was it was a fun ride, but I mean to, to put that guy in for the title mix is just it seems to be a, a tough step for him to be able to take, especially now at 39. It was a fun little run that he had, though. So.
2: Yeah, that spinning heel kick. I mean, that's just amazing. When you first when I first saw it, it, I mean, probably to many others, it didn't look like he actually hit him. I mean, it looked like he completely no, it, it
3: looked it was it wasn't until the, the they showed the replay because he looked yeah. and yeah, it looks like he totally whipped on him. So uh, yeah, I, I thought the exact same thing.
2: So yeah, we have Junior DeSantos, Santos, and obviously Cain Velasquez uh, did took care of business fairly quickly against uh, Bigfoot Silva. Uh, that one, uh, like Jeremy Knight said earlier on the show, probably one of the most underwhelming main events in a, in a long time. Uh, but we do get to see a trilogy fight in DeSantos Santos and Velasquez, which is what I wanted to see. How about yourself?
3: Yeah, I mean, this was if. You just look at the way things have shaped up in the heavyweight division. I mean, this third fight seemed like it was an inevitability between these two. Uh, I question that, you know, we had that Dos santos Velasquez. The second fight was just so definitive and so fresh in people's minds. But I think that, you know, th- their performances on Saturday night, uh, especially Dos Santos, obviously, uh, somewhat papers that performance. And I think that that will kind of be the question going into this third fight is how Dos Santos uh, addresses, you know, the-, the takedown ability of Velasquez and-, and comes back from that. Because I really feel that Cain Velasquez, he-, he feels like he's the kind of heavyweight that is going to have a really dominant run here. And we know that his cardio can go for five rounds solidly where his wrestling is. And those are going to be the. Areas that Junior Dos Santos is going to have to address here, but it, it's the fight to make. It's the only heavyweight fight that makes sense right now to make. So, and, and it's funny because you look at where these guys are in their careers right now, yeah. and I mean, who's to say that by when all is said and done, these two could have four or five fights together throughout their career?
2: Yeah, no, that's absolutely, Jeremy. I was telling Jeremy that uh, I believe a week ago that uh, you know we we could see these guys fights five, six, seven times. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's going to be one yeah, of those rivalries like it, that will just never end. Yeah, it's, I, I mean,
3: they're 1-2, and two, and I could see them, you know, flipping those, those rankings uh, a couple of times. But uh, this third fight, it'll, it'll be interesting, because another solid win from Cain Velasquez, it really does kind of leave yeah. you with a big depth from, you know, number one to number two. Um, and just Velasquez, I think a healthy Velasquez right now, it's, it's really tough to bet against him.
2: Where do, you, where do you see that fight happening, and when? You thinking it's not going to be until after September?
3: You know, I think it's the kind of fight that, I mean, if you were going to put it in, in Brazil, I think it, it would do huge there. I know that they've kind of, uh, you know, teased running a show in Mexico. I just don't know if they're necessarily ready to to throw on a, a giant fight in Mexico and, and where that market is right now in terms of, uh, uh, of putting such a big show there. Um, I, I think that Brazil would make a lot of sense. In the U.S. it feels like you're almost, I don't feel it's a stadium level show in the U.S. And to me, you, you want to make this uh, as big a fight as possible. I think just for the atmosphere alone, I think I think Brazil is really your market to to run this at. I think it would make a, a ton of sense, and you could almost have, you know, Fabrício doom No matter you know how he comes out of the Nogueira fight in a couple of weeks, almost have that as your co-feature because I think that was one of the strengths of the card on Saturday was mm-hmm. that by the end of it, the two winners. That's the fight you wanted to see, and I think whenever you can do that style of matchmaking where the viewer is left knowing the next fight they want to see. Um, you should be use that to your advantage, and I mean that could be you know two solid heavyweight fights and put it in a in a Brazilian stadium.
2: That would be awesome. That's a that's such a good idea. Hey, just before I get off the UFC 160 here, uh, just ask. Or I want to ask you about some of the decisions that went down. We were talking about Holloway Bermuda's a little bit earlier. I thought that uh, Holloway did enough to win that fight. I also thought uh, I was well. I shouldn't say I thought Rick Story won the fight. I was surprised that the judges gave Mike Pyle the fight. I'm assuming they must have scored him with the, with the work on his back, which I found kind of an interesting scoring. What did you uh, What did you think of the uh, the judges overall?
3: Yeah, those were definitely the two fights that were the most debated. I was like you; I scored the fight for Max Holloway, giving him the first two rounds, and then Bermuda's the third. And then with Pyle and Story, I think it all comes down to how you score the first round and if you know the, the knockdown from Story. Uh, was deserving of a ten eight. At the time I scored it a ten nine and you you go back and I just saw that Pyle, you know, he was able to defend off his back and I, I went with a ten nine, but for those that gave it a ten eight, it's a completely justifiable score. And then you've got a draw really. Um I gave I gave the second and third to Pyle. Is that a what did you guys think of uh, that? Because the third yeah. round's really what it comes down to, I think, for most.
2: Yeah, yeah. I just didn't think Story did enough with the takedowns, to be honest with you. He was on top, and yeah. it just seemed like Pyle was working more on his back. And and if that's how the judges scored it, I said, hey, let's keep that consistency because you really don't see a lot of judges out there scoring it that way. Do you know what I'm saying? A lot yeah. of times they look at Story and he's on top, and and even though he's stalled, um, they 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 take that as the more dominant position, and that's you know it doesn't matter what the guy does on his back.
3: Yeah, I, I find it amazing that we're still having this discussion, you know, of if yeah. a guy's on his back, if that's an advantageous position or not. When you're looking in that second round where Piles, you know, he's working his guard game, he's trying for that Kimura. And it's just amazing that we still have, you know, some judges that still view, you know, just being on top as suddenly the more dominant position. It's just uh, it's incredible.
2: So in, in, in a way, that's, that was a curious judge's decision because I haven't usually seen it scored that way. And, and, and quite honestly, I'm, I'm okay with that. If if they've scored it that way, so. Um, and moving on here, uh, we just found out uh, just uh, news as we came on air. Misha Tate is now on The Ultimate Fighter uh, against Ronda Rousey. Cat uh out. Uh, we're hearing injury. Uh, is that what you're hearing as well?
3: Yeah, I mean uh, Kevin Ioli's got the story out, just indicating that it seems to be a knee injury to okay. Kat Zagano. And what seems really crazy is that. Ronda Rousey apparently had no knowledge of this so that when they do the big scene to start off the series, all of a sudden Nisha Tate is brought in and Ronda Rousey like freaks out that like what happened here with Kat Gano. So that episode one wow. is going to be, that's going to be quite the reaction and, and and such to it. So, I mean, it certainly adds a lot of drama to the show, but uh, you've got to feel for Kat Gano, not only losing out on the coaching spot, but also uh, fighting at the end of the year, which I mean, it, I mean, watching the show, everybody knows here, I mean, all of these coaches, I mean, they're bringing in, you know, other coaches to do a lot of the work inside of the Octagon and such, that this has to be a pretty significant deal if they feel Kat Zingano can't even tape the show and fight in December. I mean, we're, we're talking about seven months from now, so I, I've got to imagine it's something like a torn ACL, perhaps an MCL injury. Actually,
1: I, I, I can cut you off there, because um, Kat Zingano actually tweeted out a picture and it's surprising that Ronda Rousey didn't know about this because she actually had ACL surgery today.
3: Oh wow! Well, that's uh, apparently this injury. It took place. I can't. I'm trying to remember what uh, Kevin's article said. I think it was like May the 16th or something that okay. the UFC was made aware of this injury. So yeah. I don't know when the exact scene took place involving Ronda because uh, they've just recently started filming but uh yeah it's it's got to be a real significant injury i mean most times you would assume like an injury like this this would be actually advantageous because you're not fighting till december and, and you can work around that it's not like this fight is coming up in two or three months so they've got some time so a uh, really tough tough break for and gano and misha tate just kind of backdoors herself into this opportunity
2: yeah, yeah but you know that the people at fox are liking that
3: well, I mean, this—I mean, it's, it's the no-brainer in terms of a backup plan here. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that Rousey-Tate fight last March uh, 2012, I mean, it was such a success on Showtime, and you, you take that now with the UFC promotion behind it, with Ultimate Fighter, I mean, that has a chance to be a really, really big fight.
2: Absolutely, man. It's always a big show when we have you on. I want to ask you one more question before we let you go that's not uh, fight-related. It's, it's pro-wrestling, uh, sports-entertainment-related. Because here am I, I flipping yep. through the channels. And, and, John, I pay attention a little bit. I'm not as big of a fan as I used to be. Um, but, I, you know, every once in a while when my, when my wife's not looking, I switch the channel. And there it is, <laughs> Bret Hart Appreciation Night. And uh, i got to ask you, man, uh, is he one of your favorites? I grew up watching the guy and loved him.
3: Yeah, I I would think that, you know, anyone kind of in our age bracket, I mean, Bret Hart was uh, one of the first wrestlers that I really paid attention to when I was a young kid just getting into it, and I think that, you know, because of that, I mean you'll talk to a lot of Canadian fans that grew up. It was watching, you know, Stampede Wrestling and Bret Hart, yep. whereas in the U.S., I mean, you had kind of like your Hulk Hogan's and such, and I think the Canadian fans, they always kind of had that appreciation for, you know, kind of the guys that could go, and Bret Hart certainly represented that, and, I mean, you, you just look at his, his uh, body of work during his entire time uh, with the WWF, and uh, it was certainly someone that, you know, just, being a Canadian, I think it was something novel here in this, in this company that was just full of Americans that you had this one Canadian that really stood out. I think that it was just a a kind of a natural for any Canadian wrestling fans and, and Brett by extension, I mean, as much as they talk about the WWF, you know, just, being obliterated by WCW during that time period, Canada was always like a really strong market for them because they could draw in with house shows and Brett was a huge catalyst for that. And that's why, you know, when Brett was scooped up by WCW, that was considered such a big deal at the time, not just because of his placement, but because of the Canadian market and the fear that WCW was finally going to get a strong foothold in canada which oh. wasn't the case even at, at their peak during the, the mm-hmm. during the monday night wars
2: no they they completely didn't do a good job at all with bret hart i remember that when that happened and even brett talks about it, he was just just not happy with his the situation there at wcw and then you had the you know the goldberg injury the, the the concussion or the the shot to the head and then it just kind of all went downhill his career didn't it it just it ended it ended badly for him
3: it was like you couldn't have written a better scenario for a guy to fall into the lap of WCW. I mean, here he was coming off of this much-publicized story coming out of the Survivor Series where Bret was the ultimate good guy, the victim in this role, and it was almost like the, the, the WWF champion falling into your lap, the person that the fans viewed as the rightful WWF champion, and there were so many options in WCW, and they completely just just castrated the guy and it was just such an uneventful you know use of the guy and then just such an unfortunate end to his career there as you mentioned with uh with all the concussion issues uh with, from stemming from that starcade match with Goldberg and then yeah all of the stuff outside of the ring that just happened over that time I mean mm-hmm. Owen dies his parents die, the Davy boy dies the stroke I mean it was just a real unfortunate time so it looks you know that the at least nice to see that the guy seems to have a very you know good life now, at, at the very least, and has recovered from that stroke that happened 11 years ago. So um, it's it's quite the story involving this guy.
2: Yeah, it's pretty cool to see him in, back in the WWE and that he's sort of made amends with those people because, I mean, they screwed him. Uh, let's be honest, they did, but it just seems like Vince McMahon has really gone out of his way to, to um, show that they appreciate Bret Hart.
3: Yeah and I mean I I think it's just good to see. I mean Brett I think always wanted to go back for for, for you know the the opportunity to put out the the DVD project. I mean that was something that I, I you know just from hearing from the guy was just that, that you know they owned pretty much his entire career and felt that it was all going to be locked away and no one would get to see it. So I'm glad that he was able to to make amends and go back because I think he always wanted to, and it was simply, you know, being able to justify it to himself of, of going back and, you know, because of all the stuff of the,
2: that happened during that time period. And this whole Shawn Mike- Michaels angle, here am I just talking pro wrestling with you here, but I'm so <laughs> interested, man. The, the, the whole Shawn Michaels angle is just another thing, that, that the way that's played out and how they seem to be on good terms now, at least, you know, um, obviously that has a lot to do with Shawn Michaels' character changing over the last few years as well, but it just seems like they're on good terms now too.
3: Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, they, the two put out a DVD about a year and a half ago yeah. where they just pretty much sit down discussing their entire careers. And it's really fascinating to watch, uh, just the yeah, two would... of them and looking back at, at this time period. And it, it's just a fascinating watch just to, for those to live through that period. And now to look back, I mean, it's, uh, still that moment when brett returned and he's in the ring with sean all those years later i mean it, it was one of the most surreal moments that i had watched that you know a, ever you know
2: yeah yeah no, i know i just watched, by the way if people who want to know it uh, it's called rivalries rivalry something like that rival Great, greatest rivalries, greatest rivalries. Yeah, that's yeah. on netflix right now so if you have netflix check it out it's it's just a really if you're really into professional wrestling like i used to be uh and john is uh well check it out man it's it's good times um, John, we really appreciate having you on, man. And just uh, let people know how they can follow you on Twitter. People just look you up, just write in, John Pollock, or do you have some really crazy Twitter handle or anything like that?
3: <laughs> well, it's simply, I am John Pollock. There because, you are. Because uh, John Pollock is taken. So <laughs> you there you are. go. I am John Pollock on Twitter. And, uh, yeah, that can uh, lead you to uh, all the shows we do, uh, the laws off uh, Sunday nights, liveaudio-wrestling.com That's awesome. your uh, place to check it all out at.
2: Yeah, you hear it late at night here in Vancouver once in a while. I believe on the Team 10. Oh, that's right, right. Because right. yeah. we're
3: on, uh, we're on the, team. the team
2: out there. Yeah, yeah. So, you, man, you do great stuff. And uh, we love having you on. Finally, again, now that we've got all that other yeah. stuff here, taken care of, it's nice to have you on again. We'll have you on uh, probably, obviously, again later on in the future. But uh, we appreciate uh, you doing this. Awesome. Thanks a lot, guys. Anytime. Happy to come on. <laughs> I want to apologize for uh, doing my pro wrestling Jesus nerd
1: out. Christ! <laughs> <laughs> All right, it's hey, it's an MMA show it's called MMA Sucker Radio, yes. but goddamn it, Carlin Bardsley ain't gonna listen to this show now. <laughs> no, probably stopped a long time ago. <laughs> by the way, we're gonna bring him on for his uh, in the bar with Bards rant. next week. Next week? Yeah. He's All right. Pre- he's preparing for it as we speak. As we speak. All right. He's got. It. He's gonna go on his rant in the we'll bar. We'll give him five Bards. minutes, mm-hmm. and he can just go.
2: On anything he wants. Anything.
1: Hopefully it has to do with mixed
2: martial okay. arts. Well apparently for me it doesn't.
1: <laughs> no, no, exactly.
2: you <laughs> um, got Ray Sappho lined up, I see. Yep. Coming up now. So He's the president of the World Series of Fighting, which is putting on their third event Saturday, June 14th. The pretty intriguing card, which will take place from the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas, Nevada. Welcome back to the show, Mr. Ray Seppo. Ray, thanks for doing this, man.
4: No problem. Thanks for having me, guys.
2: Hey, um, you've done two events now and since the last time we talked to you. You're on to number three. Are uh, you getting you in the groove of things? Things coming a little bit easier for you?
4: <laughs> yeah slowly but surely slowly but surely yeah
2: because I mean yeah, you, uh, absolutely yeah because um, you know last time we spoke to you there was, there is was some things that kinks that you wanted to work out any, any kind of time you have a big promotion like this and you guys are doing you know big things um, you always obviously got to work out the bugs and, and and you guys at a point now where you think you know, are you happy with what you have right now
4: yeah absolutely um, you know from the first show uh that, they had really minor little things and then uh our second show uh out in Atlanta City, you know, we had a few minor problems here and there which uh was, you know, uh sorted and the show uh went on. And so now we're, we're on to our third and uh things are moving forward um nicely and yeah. uh you know we are we're happy where we are right now.
2: For sure, for sure, man, and it's it's great to see another MMA organization out there outside of the UFC that's doing good things. Um, I, I want to ask you this. On World Series of Fighting 2, I believe you had five fights in the main card. I think there was maybe seven fights in the undercard. This time around, you're going back uh, to four fights. Um, was that a conscious decision? I, I also noticed that you have a, um, less fights in the prelims. Was that a conscious decision on your part, as sort of less is more?
4: Um, well, you know, we, we had... Uh, uh the different time frames uh you know this time around uh we've had two hours um okay uh where the last uh event was a, a two and a half hour event uh-huh. um so you know um five or four and then also because the fights um in a, you know there's so many i mean out of thirteen fights we had I think, uh, 11 knockouts or 11 stoppage. Yeah. And uh, so, the, you know, that event it still ended up being only a two-hour event. Yeah. Um, that, that being said, uh, you know, uh, it worked out better for us to have 10 fights rather than 13 fights kind of thing.
2: Yeah, yeah. So it was definitely it was t- for TV purposes, and uh, yeah, for sure. It's such yeah. a tough thing to time sometimes too, because MMA is, like you said, it's so unpredictable. You never, you never know what's going to happen. Because you love the knockouts <laughs> and you love the submissions, but at the same time, you're going, "Oh my god, this card is going way too quickly."
4: No, yeah, exactly. And um, you know, uh, uh, Anthony Johnson and Andre uh really yeah. threw down, and and um, we were kind of happy that it went three rounds because. Not only it was an amazing fight. Uh, they really showed true warrior spirits in that fight, but also it gave us uh, time for, for for TV. So it, it, everything worked out well.
2: For sure. And and now you guys are rolling, and you got John Fitch on your roster. How excited were you to sign him?
4: Oh, super excited! Yeah. Um You know, it's just John Fitch is, uh, um, you know, uh, he's a warrior and he's a great fighter. He's a He's one of the top ten uh, fighters in the world, and, and so to, to have him on, on the card is uh, truly amazing. And then, you know, you have Josh Berkman, who has been with us uh, from, from the start uh, mm-hmm. uh, of our, you know, of versus the fighting, and the guy is uh, it's truly amazing. Um, he's, he's really showed the world what he's made of, and, um, and now he's facing off uh, with John Fitch again. And this is an exciting fight. It's a super exciting fight. I'm really looking forward to it uh, for many reasons. Uh, yep. One of well, one of the reasons is because it's a rematch, um, and two is because the John the J- Josh Berkman uh, that, that John Fitch is gonna face on uh, June 14th uh, is not the Josh Birkman that he faced seven years ago. Yeah. And so it makes it fun amazing for a, a real exciting fight. Were you
2: surprised that he was cut by the UFC first off?
4: Oh uh, yeah, absolutely. Uh I'm sure I'm not the only one that was. Surprised. I think yeah. the whole world uh the martial arts world uh or the mixed martial arts world were surprised. Um but you know, uh UFC <laughs> have a, a lot of uh, top level guys and and um it's one of those things where, from my understanding, you know Dana said something about one of his interviews that they're looking to cut another hundred guys, and so um, whoever does perform on the night, I guess um, um, they're looking to cut. And, and so, I mean, you know, one man's uh, loss is another man's gain. And so we were really happy to uh, have picked uh, John Pitch up. And uh, but yeah, absolutely, I was very surprised that he was he was let go.
2: I was. I'm actually going to ask you. Um, basically, like, are you one of those promoters that will go out there and you'll look at some of the sort of guys who just didn't couldn't get it done in the UFC? And do, do you take a good close look at those guys, or do you try to diversify and try to you know mold and bring on some of your own talent that that you guys go out and find?
4: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys uh, that listen. Uh, coming from a fighter, uh, not every time a fighter's going to jump in that cage or that ring at 100%. And, um, and, and we never know uh, the public, uh, nor does the judges or whoever else, or the referee on that night. No one knows what fighters go through, whether they're 100%, whether they've gone through some family personal problems, uh, whether they somehow didn't get the right nutrition. You know, all these little things um that uh, matters when uh, you know come fight night so uh for us as it, it, long as it, you know uh, it works for us uh, we'll we'll pick whoever you know who that person up uh that being said we we definitely uh have you know have signed a lot of young talent mm-hmm. that uh, are very promising and um the likes of um Moreos. yeah you know uh, no one never, I, I don't think much people knew his name until uh he beat Miguel Torres, and then he start, he knocks out um, uh, Tyson Mann, which is, you know, an amazing talent. And uh, uh, and then we have another young kid, uh, Justin Cagey, who his first outing with Versus of Fighting comes out, and he stops a veteran um, uh, in J.C. Covacanti. So, you know, we're building our own young stars. Another young talent, Brenton Henson, who was uh, was on the uh, Versus of Fighting Future Champs. Uh, that was his first outing with versus of fighting. The kid is 22. He's uh, four and one, and he stopped his opponent with a jump with a flying knee. You know, so we're we you know we're building our own young talents as well.
2: Ray, we're Canadian, so um we we, we see a Canadian, a young another young guy, Tyson Steele on your card. Uh, he's from Saskatchewan, I believe. Uh, he's fighting on your upcoming card, and and I I I gotta tell you, Ray, you gotta start looking at more Canadians, bro.
4: <laughs> oh absolutely. Don't uh, <laughs> you where we are <laughs> Another guy uh, Tyson, Tyson Steel is a beast. Um, yeah. you know, he he showed that in his last fight, um when he fought against uh, uh Gregor, I believe. Um and um yeah, he, he he rallied and uh came out here and showed what he's made of and so um the winner out of those two guys, uh, Steve Carl, guys Steel and Steve Carl, yeah, uh, will be looking to fight the winner out of Josh Berkman and John Fitch. So, that's cool. an exciting
2: fight. Is yeah. that is that going to be? Uh, are we looking at a title? Because I know there was rumors that Fitch and Berkman could be fighting for a title, but then um, that's obviously not the case. It's a non-title fight. I know Berkman was quite it's, upset about that the, of the possibility. Why did you guys change right. that? And and will the next fight be like you mentioned? The winner of Steele and Carl will that also be uh, if they? Take on the winner of Fitch and Berkman. Will that be a title shot?
4: Um, there's, you know, I mean, right now, there's nothing. I mean, that's not confirmed yet, but okay. I'm, I'm pretty sure that fight, uh, whoever wins out of those um, four guys, um, will, I, I'm pretty sure, will be fighting for a title. Um, but you know, uh, um, Josh Berkman is. Uh, Um, an amazing, listen, we could have easily made the John Fitch and Josh Berkman fight, uh, as a title fight, uh, who, of who they are. Um, but it was just for for us, uh, we just, you know, the team, the team sat down and we just thought it was just too soon because, um, we wanted to have a little bit of depth in, you know, in the organization and in our guys before you know it's only our, our third event and yeah we really wanted to you know uh showcase our guys a little bit more and get the fans familiarized with uh with a lot of them especially you know being on npc sports network um so um it, it just didn't make sense for us to make that a title fight as yet so soon yeah. you know what i mean so yeah. um so we wanted to wait a little bit and uh but uh, after talking to Ali the other day um, and, and, of course, uh, some of the other partners, and uh, it really does make sense. I think we're definitely looking to do a, uh, a couple of title fights uh, by the end of the year.
2: Yeah, it's just, it's great to see. Like you're you're kind of going about things the right way, in my opinion. You're just kind of taking your time, and and you know, like you said, build a division, build some names, and, and get people excited. Right. You know, um, there's no rush to throw titles on somebody. I don't think, especially when you're a new promotion, you you want to make the people earn that title. You want to make that title special.
4: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: Um, another guy on your roster is fighting at this upcoming card. Holes Gracie. Um, he's on a current five fight winning streak, I believe, and has spent the last year a bit uh I know he's been fighting in one F C in Asia. Um just uh how thrilled are you to have him on, on on your card. He's also uh fighting um I believe it was Dave Huckabah. Um he's pretty experienced, heavyweight. So, you know, I, I find he's probably more of a, leans more to striking. Um and so you have a sort of a submission expert against uh, a pretty good striker. Um that's a that's kind of your classic matchup, isn't it? <laughs>
4: yeah, absolutely. Um uh, Hollis, I, I really got to, uh, I mean, I met Hollis uh, a few years back, but I really got to uh, spend some time with him yeah. in Japan uh, late last year. He was on the same card I was, uh, I was on in, in Japan, and a yeah. um, uh, super, super nice guy down to earth and you know, nothing but love lot respect for him. Um, I haven't actually had the uh, pleasure to meet uh, Dave Huckleberry yet, but I, I've seen some footage of Dave Huckleberry. You know, he... He brings it. He's a beast, and um, so it really makes it for an exciting fight because it depends on who's going to be the dominant, the person that's going to dominate yeah. where that fight goes. You know what I mean? And um, so it, it, that's an exciting matchup too.
2: Now, does 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 Gracie does he have a an exclusive um, contract with you guys, or is he still allowed to go over to Asia and fight as
4: well? Um. He does have an exclusive MMA contract with us.
2: Oh, okay. Um, cool.
4: Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, you know, because uh, he does pro wrestling from time to time as well. I yeah. Think, uh, well, when I say pro wrestling, with I, have, I think it's IGF and um, things like that we've allowed for him to do uh, in Japan, kind of thing. So. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah. That's
2: that's a good signing for you guys. I mean, I you know he, he's. Like I said, his five fight winning streak. He's he's been showing some great, amazing, you know, obvious technical prowess on the ground. Um, that's a guy you definitely could you could definitely make a star.
4: Right. Uh, absolutely. Um, and, you know. And um, Hollis is uh, he's a real he's a, like I said he's, a, he's just a super nice guy and uh, yeah. uh, without a doubt um, uh, you can build him.
2: Another guy who is not coming up on this upcoming card, but you signed. Uh, we just found out today, Nick Newell. Um, you know he's got one hand. What made you sign the kid when the UFC, you know, has said they were not interested? What What was it about him that that excited you? Because the kid is an amazing, uh, not a good person, but it's just an amazing fighter as well. I know everyone looks at uh, at the handicap, but you know he you've signed a, a good, solid fighter. Uh,
4: Nick Well, Nick Newell is an incredible individual. Who really exemplifies the sheer strength of the yeah. human spirit? Honestly, he's uh, he's an inspiration, that kid. Um, not only to me, but I'm sure to uh, all the uh, NBC Sports Network audience, that our national audience that's going to watch him uh, fight. Because you know, just when people complain about the smallest things, this kid, this kid goes out there and just does the impossible. Uh, or, in a lot of people's minds, and the fact that he's um, he's a champion, and the fact that he he can fight with one arm is uh, to me is incredible. And so, uh, when he became available, uh, we jumped on it because he's such an inspirational person, um, individual. Uh, but the fact that he has skills, mm-hmm. um, you know, and um, and he's shown that time time again. So for us is uh you know it was a really good signing for us and, and we're really excited uh for him to be uh part of the Warriors of Fighting uh roster.
2: Yeah, we've had him on our show before and and like you said he's a fabulous person and and everyone's always just so focuses on that disability but and people can't get past that this guy, kid is is a very good fighter like I said and like you had mentioned. Um another speaking of another really really good fighter fighter Tyrone Spong um what's his situation he was supposed to be on this card we haven't seen him uh since I believe the first your your guy's first uh show um you know, what's his his status
4: uh, right yeah uh, he had um some issues, uh, some visa uh, problems yeah uh, which which um I think it took something like three and a half weeks before he got it visa and um he just didn't uh, I mean I spoke to I spoke to him and he just didn't feel he had enough time to focus on his ground game. And and his exact words to me was, Ray, you know what I'm like. I like to, you know, come there and and just give everybody a show, and I just just don't feel like uh, I have enough time. He said if it was a kickboxing fight, you know, he'll do it with his eyes closed, you know what I mean? And, Mm And so I truly understand that he didn't have enough time to really prepare for his ground game, especially, you know, fighting an experienced guy, uh, and in they fight uh, an angel and so yeah. um you know so we um we didn't have a problem with that i mean you know we would have loved to have him on that card but right now he's um scheduled to fight in august now
2: yeah that's cool now you've yeah. talked about fighting on one of your cards but you haven't yet is that uh, is that still a plan
4: uh yeah, <laughs> yeah that's that's in, uh it's funny you asked that because that's kind of like uh in uh, in the talks right now <laughs> and so I, you know
2: i i did mention tyrone spong and i mean you know he's looking for a second fight and you know you guys have met before in in k1 i mean have you guys thought maybe throwing down some mma
4: Tyrone fights uh, at an MMA fighter. He fights at 205.
2: Yeah, that's right. I just looked at it right
4: now. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> ah, damn it. Unfortunately, I can't make 205. <laughs> <laughs> I can. <laughs> I can,
2: and it's not You're because next... <laughs> I'm not working out. Okay? <laughs> um,. Yeah, man. I'd be good. I mean, have you like have, how much you've been training lately? I mean, I know you you know, you're training other people. Are you actually getting quite serious about this now? You're looking at uh maybe even August?
4: Yeah, absolutely. Um I, I train every day. Yeah. Um you know, the the only times I kind I miss training is uh is when I'm away with uh, the guys. But yeah. uh when I'm when I'm at home I, I train every day. For example I had strength and conditioning this morning. I mean yesterday morning and then I had um I trained uh, the boys yesterday evening and then I, uh, you know, kicked the bag myself and then yeah. uh this morning I had sparring and um at at Syndicate. So um I I train every day. Nice. Uh, yeah. You're still the machine, eh? <laughs> I I like to I like to think so. Yeah. Um you know i i got I got seven more fights I need to complete, so I'd better stay like that
2: <laughs> that's cool because I mean people don't know like i mean you guys do a lot of it's a lot of work running you know an organization it's like you're doing right. and and being a part of that team there that i mean there's gotta be times where you're getting pulled in so many different directions
4: uh absolutely you know my my daily routine is um I'm at the gym in the morning and then I'm at the office all day and then I'm at the gym again in the evenings and so um and you know, in between those times, I, I I always try and come home for a couple of hours before I go back to the gym, so I can spend some time with my little boy. And um, so you know, which is uh really important for me to do. So yeah, for uh,
2: sure. but
4: yeah, I definitely um you get pulled left, right, and center. But you know, I love it. I, I love being busy. I, I enjoy it. Um, uh, I have an uh, I have a, a, an amazing team, uh, at the office. So you know, um. I'm really um you know, happy with the the way things are moving forward and also um not only with my uh with the league but also with training and what have you and uh very you know very excited about everything.
2: You know, we've been excited to to have you on and talk to you again, Ray, and, and we just you know, we wanted to pick your brain about sort of, you know, how you're feeling about things right now. You're going into your third show uh June fourteenth, Las Vegas. It's John Fitch. Josh Berkman, and uh, take a look at the card. And Ray, just before we let you go, uh, just let people know how they can get a hold of you in the social media universe.
4: Uh, yes, you can find me uh, at Sugar Ray Seffel um, on Twitter um, uh, or at Versus of Fighting, uh, MMA Versus of Fighting. Um, that's um, at MMA Versus of Fighting. And then the website is uh, uh, WSOF.com. And, um, yeah. yeah, I just want to say thank you to you guys and, of course, the fans. And, uh, we really appreciate the love and support, um, since we've been out here.
2: Perfect, bro. We really appreciate you doing this. And, uh, there's still tickets available, right?
4: Absolutely. You can find that on Ticketmaster.com and, uh, or at, the, um, or they call the Hard Rock, uh, Hotel and Casino here in Las Vegas. And, um, uh, the box office will be able to, you know, uh, have tickets for whoever that needs tickets
2: cool thanks ray we really appreciate man we'll talk to you again
4: great thank you so much
1: Race F-O. Yep. Make there sure. was even a little bit of professional wrestling talk in there with Holes Gracie. So, yeah. fuck, two professional wrestling conversations? Questions,
2: yeah, and two guests. Make sure you go to worldseriesoffighting.com. Like we said, tickets are still on sale. I just looked it up. So. Or wsof.com. Yep, wsof.com is probably the better way of going about it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so yeah, always good to have Ray on, and yeah, you think they're doing good things? They they seem to be taking their
1: time. I enjoy watching the fights, um, I don't, I don't know, Josh Berkman, I I can't see any way he can win this fight, really. Against John Fitch? Yeah. Really? No. (laughs) Josh Berkman surprised me his last fight as well, though, so, he could surprise many, it is the world of MMA. Yeah, you never know, and uh, so make sure you check out World Series of
2: Fighting 3, and we'll have some stuff up on our site, obviously, as we head closer To June fourteenth, that we will. This has been uh, a dandy of a show. I like that word, dandy. I noticed you got a shirt on. It says, uh, "So you have an MMA shirt on." That you're supporting a local fighter here. Me, someone told me at work today that I was dressed today like the typical
1: suburban dad. Yeah, I got khakis. You look like you should be on the movie office space or something.
2: Yeah, I'm kind of wearing my stapler. My my business. I want my stapler. No. (laughs) No, man. Well, yeah, I'm wearing my business cash, You're looking all gap today, and here you are wearing this, can you explain the t-shirt, Breakfield.
1: Yeah, well, we have a local promotion out here called Battlefield Fight League, Yeah. and our good friend who used to do Road to the Pros over at com is a professional fighter, his name is Michael Breakfield, he fights for Battlefield Fight League, and so he took this shirt, he took the, the logo, logo for Battlefield Fight League, crossed out Battle, Battle. And put break so that it says breakfield. Breakfield Fight League. Yep. Oh, clever. Pretty interesting shirt. I supported a local fighter here for this one. He's got a fight coming up for, for the you. belt. Yeah. The middleweight belt against Leo Xavier. Um, in Vancouver. No, not in Vancouver. In, in uh, Penticton. But I mean like in BC is what I'm trying to say. Exactly. Out oh, oh, this way. Yep. And uh, looking forward to that fight. Excellent, man. I'm looking forward to next
2: week's show. I'm sure you got something good lined up. Make sure everyone check out and You can find
1: this show on Stitcher, right? Yeah, and iTunes. And, uh, hey, did you get your... Oh. Uh, I ordered uh, some Onnit supplements. Did you get yours in the mail? Oh, that's right. Because I got right. mine in the mail today. Really? Yeah, I've already taken two... Alpha Brain. Two Alpha Brains, and uh, I wasn't too talkative during the interviews on the show. I think it was because I was so zoned out and listening to what these guys were saying. Uh, oh, that's you're gonna say it's the uh, no. I'm not saying the it's brain. the alpha brain. I'm just saying I'm 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 f- feeling good. I feel like I'm chatting pretty well with you, and you know it's maybe, going I'm maybe i gonna get some. Maybe it hasn't come in the mail yet. And well, there you go. And if you guys are interested, go over to onit.com. Order some supplements. You get ten percent off if you use the coupon code MMA Sucker, and that's on our radio page. Sometimes, yeah, sometimes. But you can find we'll put it, it up it. there on this one. Okay, and you can find it on our website.
2: Sometimes. sometimes. Sometimes, well, it's been sometimes. See you later next week.
0: Let me tell you about who deserves a shot. At the United States Heavyweight I'm the champion. I ought to know. You know, I've, I've been sizing up guys since I came to the WCW, and I think the one guy that stands out the most, the guy that I think has earned a title shot. El Dandy, I think you're a heck of a wrestler. You're a great technician in the ring, and you're a jam-up guy. Whoa. I don't see any Whoa. reason... Wait a minute. El Dandy has been wrestling in, in, in the cruiserweight division here. Please. He's a great wrestler. He's a great wrestler, but, by goodness sakes, it's 50 pounds. Who difference. are you to, to, to doubt L Dandy? Because this guy's a serious professional. Well, let's talk about some serious How about, how about hypnosis? Let's get psychosis Psychosis? Whatever, whatever. He's a great wrestler, you know... You can say what you want. You can try to tear these guys down and take them down. But Psychosis has He's also been... He's a high hurt. flyer of the highest magnitude. magnitude. This guy's a cruiser weight. Let's, let's get, oh, let's okay, get how some... how about Dean Malenko? I was going to give him a title shot. He was a big man, oh. wanted to injure me. Hey, come injure me now, you little punk. He's sitting at home with some kind of hokey injury. This is a real injury, Dean Malenko. Dean This is a like groin pull that likes you've never seen in your whole life. Well, he right now is nursing a very bad sprained ankle. Yeah. And as far as that groin pull...